welcome to Boomerang, a house of love and prayer, living in abundance, winning souls, and making disciples for Jesus. Glory to God. If this is your first night or first day you've ever been here, uh, sometimes we tell people that we're a little bit different. Um, a lot of times people walk in, they're like, I thought this was a regular old church. And then they find out, no, nah, they really do believe and trust God pretty big. So uh, we see God do big things. We see miraculous healing. We see finances uh, completely flood into lives and homes. We see the joy of the Lord all the time. And we just welcome you. There's a lot of people that are looking for God to be real. There's a lot of people. I just read something this morning, uh, you know, a, kind of a sad thing where somebody was looking for the Lord to be real. Well, believers, it's time for you to be that real that they're looking for. Let God flow through you. That's what this week's about. This morning was just an appetizer, a primer, and it was awesome. And it's just getting cranked up. Tonight will be strong. Tomorrow night will be strong. Tuesday night will be strong. Wednesday night will be strong. It's just going to be awesome. And we just... It's all about Jesus. And so we just receive everything that he has for us. Are you ready? You know, I talked about this morning in the parable of the sower. It showed that not every soil was prepared to receive the seed of the word. And that falls within your hands uh, to say, I'm going to prepare my heart to be tender and fertile soil so that when the word hits me, it won't get eaten up quickly by the enemy. It won't go to waste by the wayside. It will find fertile ground. And when it finds fertile ground, the root of the word, the root of God's love will spring up inside of me. Is that you? Are you? It, it will spring up inside of you, inside of us. And it will produce an eternal fruit. Amen. It will produce. And whether it's the season for fruit or not, fruit will be found on us. Amen. Amen. Whether it's the season or not. Because we are made in the image of God and anything not producing fruit is idle and it needs to learn how to produce fruit. We were made in his image and likeness and he's productive, amen? He's increasing. And so we are the kind of people that will receive that. And tonight, uh, we got one of the best sowers of seed I've ever met in my life. Glory to God. He sows the seed of the word uh, in and Pastor Tracy Harris, one of my mentors, and uh, Pastor Jonathan Sozeby is with him. They just flew in. We literally, they flew in. I grabbed them. We flew here and, and walked through the door. Amen. And uh, so they had services this morning uh, in Texarkana, Arkansas. Is that, you were there, I, I believe. You, they went straight out of there, got in the plane and got here. Amen. And uh, we are so honored to have you over the next few days. And uh, I... I know that uh, I, I, I don't say that I'm proud. You know, I don't say that I'm proud of my children. You were talking about that the other day. I've been saying that for years. We're, we are pleased. We are so pleased to have you in our lives, Nicole and I. And I can't tell you how much you've meant to us. And I can't tell you how many times 
you have spoken things into our lives personally that you might have known what was going on, might not have, but it was exactly what God, God knew needed to happen. And not only that, but it brought about the power of God so that people could receive Jesus in that way. And we are so honored and pleased to have you both with us this week. And uh, I'm so pleased that you're in my life. Uh, to me, you, you are an answer to prayer. And I prayed for a long time, for many years, seeking, seeking. And um, I've found that true answers, uh, they, they're rare. Not that God doesn't answer, but the ones that are actually an answer, not something I made up, right? <laughs> and when I grab a hold of them, I need to honor them. And it, you're an answer to that. And uh, one, one quick story to tell you about Pastor Tracy is, most of y'all know that this year has been a year of travel for me like I've never really had before. I was in the Philippines. I was in Nigeria. Actually, we, tra we were together in Nigeria, uh, riding, riding through the streets of Lagos together in the back of a car. And, and uh, that was an experience in itself. And, um, but when I was heading over to the Philippines, I was probably the most spiritually prepared that I have ever been in my life. But when I hit, got off the plane in Shanghai, China, um, you know, I just, I came under an attack. And here I am, I just finished some extensive fasting, seeking and hungering for the Lord. I'm telling you, I was the most prepared spiritually I've ever been. And yet I got off the plane and I felt like I was about this high. I just, it was an attack trying to keep me from finishing the assignment that I was on. I knew what I was supposed to be doing in the Philippines. I knew that I was bringing the fire of God and a life of God, and I knew I was carrying something. Sometimes you can know that you're a carrier. That's the way we're supposed to be all the time. Well, I knew that, but when I, got, when I was sitting there in the airport in Shanghai, um, it just hit me, and I was attacked, and all of a sudden, I didn't feel like that guy anymore. My feelings, I knew I was, but my feelings weren't matching up with, with who I was. And the Lord told me, he said, uh, I sent, uh, I think, a video to you, and it was, I forget what time it was there, but it was morning for you. And, yes, sir. And, um, and then the Lord said, you need to call him. You need to call Pastor Tracy. I said, all right. And so I called Pastor Tracy. And he, you know, he has a schedule similar to mine. And if y'all, you know, work around the church, you understand that's, that means he's, he's got a lot to do. And uh, he was ready. He was ready to receive the call. And he started speaking into my life and speaking fire and telling me I had something to carry. And he started praying. And I could feel that attack just completely dissolve. I could feel the power of God come in me. And I went into that, into that uh, two weeks over in the Philippines. And I'm telling you what, we beat the devil back. We lit them up with the fire of God. The power of God flowed. There was something like 600 commitments to Christ in that, maybe, maybe more. There were there were people that got on fire for God. There were people that got healed, delivered. People were falling out under the power of God everywhere. I was just walking close to people and they were falling out all over the place. Not made up. I lost my interpreter. He fell. I had to catch my own interpreter. You know, I went, he's about to fall. Where's us? I was like, I guess that's me. And I caught my interpreter. I'm like, well, next, you know. But what I'm saying is the man who spoke into me. To walk in that, you get to hear from tonight. Amen. And I've told people like this, 
And uh, I know that he gives it to Jesus and gives honor and glory to Jesus because without him, there is no good thing left outside of him. And, and every gift is from him. But he's the real deal in Christ. Amen. He's the real deal. Yeah. And I'm honored and pleased to have you. And I just want to hear from you. So it's yours. You, <laughs> I love you. What a blessing. Thank you, man. Praise. Amen. My, 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 my. Glory to God. Glory! Woo! Thank you, Jesus. This house has been preparing for glory. I will fill it with my glory. For the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former, saith the Lord. And they that believe in the Lord shall not be disappointed. Amen. You work in the secular arena, what, what the world calls the secular arena. It's not secular because you're in it. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, you take it. I heard the Lord say, I was just sitting there, and I mean, just suddenly, I saw myself taking your hands. <sighs> there is some, oh, there it is right there. There's some increase, some favor, supernatural anointing, widespread promotion. He's about to use you in this system, but especially. Prosper you supernaturally in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. And you've been asking me, saith the Lord, uh, 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 Lord, uh, I want to know uh, how long and, and, and uh, there's not enough time and how am I going to get all this done? And I feel like I'm, I'm not doing all things well because I'm doing so many things and I'm giving so many pieces of myself so many different directions. But I am more than enough, saith the Lord, and my grace is making up the difference. And you are not to move by your feelings because I'm using you mightily in deeper ways than just a paycheck in that arena, saith the Lord. And I'm going to continue to use you and promote you and help you and help you bless people. And, and that influence and that reach is going to become much wider yet still. And the blessing of the Lord and the favor of the Lord and my presence upon your life and supernaturally it will attract wealth. And wealth shall come in the north, south, east, and the west. But more than that, the ministry shall continue to grow. To the point, saith the Lord, where you'll not need this job and you'll have to seek me and say, well, Lord, is it time? And I'll let you know, I'll let you know, saith the Spirit of grace. But uh, know that even now, you are not working out of need, you're working out of seed. Even now, the increase in the kingdom and in the ministry is rising to the place where the income will not be needed for your personal sustenance, but I'll use it as a seed bin, saith the Lord, and I'll continue to use it to bless lives and bless people and help people, and your children won't be lacking, and your husband won't be lacking, and the church won't be lacking. You have more than enough grace and capacity to do what I've assigned you to do. So think not about it anymore. Do not let the devil torment you concerning it anymore. And as you spend time with me and in my word, you don't even need to ask me, 
When you need to make a change, you will suddenly know. So don't spend any more spiritual capacity asking me about this, saith the Lord. What your hand finds to do, do it with all your might and know that nothing will suffer and I've got your back and I will help you, saith the Lord. And when the time comes to make a shift, you will know it so clearly that it may not even look like the most opportune time, but there'll be a spirit of faith to step and you'll be nothing missing, nothing broken, saith the spirit of grace. And every answer, every answer shall surely come to the things that concern you. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know. I know you want to go with your husband. I also know that you feel like, well, but if I go or if the children are here, what about all of that? I'm going to answer every bit of that, saith the Lord. Yeah, I'll tell her. But in this season, you must understand my great anointing that the value of these gifts I've placed in your hands and the value of the time spent in the consistency of covering and molding and speaking into those gifts. There'll be time. Yeah, I'll tell her. Yeah, I'll tell her. Uh, and yes, I'm coming soon, my daughter. Sure, I'm coming soon. But I haven't called you to do something without giving you time to do it in. Fear not when the horn blows, you'll be ready. Look not at the shortness of time and wonder, wonder, do I have enough time? But enjoy the season you're in now for it shall pass so quickly. And there's so many needs that you're going to look up one day and wonder, did I miss it? Did I do everything? I'll just decide right now to walk in my peace, to walk in my rest and know this. This is my instruction by the Spirit of God, saith the Spirit of grace. Take every meeting, every trip, every function, one at a time, and you'll know what to do in every situation. Here's the Spirit of God saying you don't have to know it all up front. You're not even supposed to know it all up front. And speaking of being pleased, I'm well pleased, my daughter, and you're hitting the mark. Bless her, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Now, are you attached to them in some way? Who are you? Ron Simone. You're, you're, have I met you before? I don't know. <laughs> well, the Spirit of God said, I, the, she, I, I just when I looked up, I knew you were family, but I wanted to go ahead and ask you. I just knew by the Spirit. Yeah. I don't think I've met you. Uh, but by the Spirit of God, the Lord yes. wants you to know, yes, saith the Lord, and so with you. And you have a prominent role to play. And you shall not step back in dismay and wonder how is this all going to get done in this day. <laughs> oh, it shall be done. And the race your son will run. And the power of God wants you to understand this is just the seed of beginning. It's only begun. Fear not, can it be done from this place? Will you have to move the man of God with his grace? I'll see to it that everything takes place. I know where I appoint my men and my women, and from that place, everything they need will come. So get ready, saith the Lord, for just the flight has only begun. So he's got access to everything he needs, a big city to a big city he shall not need to go, except that he must go and plant churches and then come back and go and come back and go. But I'll do the things that I've said I would do. Fret not, saith the Lord, because I'll take care of those too. And so you keep it before me. And 
and fulfill your role and let me and my spirit and peace have control and you shall see that the enemy shall not steal and he'll bring back everything that you feel like he stole. For I, the Lord, am a restoring God and you shall certainly know that the spirit of God has spoken and it shall be so. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's just wait on the Lord here for a second. Come on now, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Because somebody get this down here for me if you don't mind. Praise the Lord. Put it right in the middle there. Lord, you have plans tonight. You have plans in these meetings. You have great plans in these meetings. We thank you for it in the name. We thank you for them in the name. We bless you, King Jesus. We love you and bless you and glorify you. Your word will go forth unabated by any force. It will not return to you void. Oh, it'll have full and free course. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. The path is clear. The atmosphere is clear. The anointing is here. The utterance shall free shall shall flow. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the gifts. We thank you for helping to help the people. We thank you that nothing missing, nothing broken, that the word will go forth unabated by any force and not return void. And we bless you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Spirit of God just said teeth to me. And uh, he just had one word, teeth. Someone needs a miracle in your mouth, in your teeth, and the power of God's here to do that for you. Who is that? I want to pray for you. Glory to God. Come stand right here. Ish mutola afrataya. Ha 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 ha. Have them in the name. Be healed in the name. Glory. Things are going to change here. I want to talk to you a little bit about this. Glory to God. Many people don't see these kinds of miracles, but on several occasions in our life in ministry, where there were no teeth. One, one occasion, we were in Africa. There was a woman that had a full set of false teeth. Found out later, the other miracles were taking place, that they actually became, in a, in a creative miracle, real teeth, permanent teeth in her mouth. Amen. Okay, see, that, that's so far out there that most people have never heard of such a thing. I'm telling you that this woman had a complete set of dentures. And she had so many other miracles that happened in the meeting that she didn't realize what had happened. She'd been thrown through a car window. And I'd called it out by word of knowledge. And her sinuses had been crushed. And though they had been recreated surgically, she uh, uh, couldn't, couldn't, I mean, they couldn't recreate, you know, what God had done there. And God suddenly, supernatural, so she ran up to show us. She had several things going on. Well, in that car accident... Uh, her face was crushed so badly that she lost all her teeth. They, of course, they had to take her teeth. They had to reconstruct her jaws. And she had false teeth. And her sinuses had been crushed and she couldn't breathe through her nose. Um, but, of course, it was reconstructed. But she couldn't breathe through her nose. Instantly, God just opened that up. She began to breathe. But what we didn't know is that she had a, uh, a, a great, I believe it was a grapefruit size uh, infection, like a staph infection inside her inner thigh. And when we took authority and the authority of the name of Jesus, that thing disappeared. She got baby flesh. And that's what she was screaming about. She was healed of that thing and all the pain left as she ran up there like that. You can imagine something like that on the inside of your thigh. 
And God completely blessed her so strong, she didn't, she was overcome. She didn't realize till later. She started going, I can breathe, I can breathe. And then the pastor told me later that she got checked out. And when God recreated her sinuses, her false teeth became permanent in her mouth. Had a lady in Connecticut that the dentist pulled a tooth, and there's a whole story behind that. But she went back to the dentist, and uh, he said, my God, ma'am, where have you been and what have you done? And, uh, he, and he took the x-rays. She said, she timed it. He stood in front of her speechless for five minutes and did the x-rays like this. He said, I would swear these were backwards if I hadn't been the one. But I did this surgery. I did that. I'm the one that, these are my x-rays from my office. I remember doing this. He said, I pulled this tooth. God gave her a tooth in that meeting. Replaced her molar. I know you're hearing it, but I'm wanting this to process. We were in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. The Lord said, I want to walk in front of the, in the midst of the people. That anointing's on you, ma'am. It's going down to the very roots of everything you need. And so just for just a moment... Just kind of hear what I'm saying for just a moment and let that anointing saturate you. Spirit of God said, he's, I'm giving somebody new teeth. I was walking in front of the, just walking in front of the people. John was in this meeting. We were there together and um, it was when Alan had that, brother, Pastor Alan had that cyst just totally dissolve. In that same meeting, there's a woman that had destroyed uh, through addiction and decay her teeth. She said, that's mine, I claim it. And the guy she was with, you know, they weren't married at the time. He, what makes you think that? She said, because I believe it in Jesus' name. Two weeks later at a Christmas party, she ran up and showed her pastor, look at this, and opened her went like this and just kind of like, you know, pull. He said, what? She said, look, look, look. He said, teeth. He said, yeah, they grew in. <laughs> Two weeks. Now, here's what we're going to do. The anointing is very strong right now. His spirit is moving. It's a wonderful, free atmosphere by the power of God. But God doesn't move in here to entertain us. So we're not going to patty cake him. We're going to begin to respond. He wants to do some mighty things in this meeting. And he's only just beginning. Uh, someone has had uh, uh, your hands, uh, especially like in this area where your thumb is, you've had an injury or something. Maybe you hyperextended your thumb or there's something not quite right. You need a healing in that area of your body. It could be arthritis. I don't know, but there's pain there and you're being healed now in Jesus' name. It's right over here. I knew it was on that side. Hallelujah. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. No, just stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. Life, you go into those teeth in the name. There it is right there. It's the power of God. Go into those teeth in the name. Resurrection power. Which hand is it, ma'am? Yeah, it's that right one right there. I saw it. I saw it right here. From this day forward, it'll be no more. Pain, swelling, immobility. There it is right there. There's that anointing. Will you receive it? Just take a deep breath. There's the healing power of God right there. There's the healing power of God right there. Ha! Be made whole now. Glory to God. Now just begin to move that and thank God for it. Hallelujah. All of it goes. I had a lady come into a meeting whose knuckles were so swollen from arthritis and had been for so many years. She, uh, she had her rings on, but she couldn't remove them. 
And uh, there was so much swelling in there that she had to have rings too, too large of a size for what she normally wore. And just at the end of the meeting, she came and said, look at this. I can't keep my rings on. She put her in and just hold her fingers down and it'd fall off instantly. It was just completely healed. Someone's being healed right now at the base of your neck, the vertebrae of your neck. There's a healing power. God's moving into that right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There's been stiffness and pain. Maybe, I don't know if you've had vertebrae fused together or not, but there's certainly some enough of a damage from some kind of an accident there that there's an issue and the Lord's healing that right in your seat. He's healing you right now in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Go all kinds of joints, issues. Just begin to check yourself. Power of God's moving right here, right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, praise God, ma'am. Praise God, ma'am. Do you see how she took hold of him with her right hand? <laughs> look, look, look. Ah, glory. Oh, Jesus is Lord. Somebody's jaw just got healed. More than teeth, there's a jaw like TMJ. Uh, the jaw, your, your teeth don't, it causes headaches and such. Who is that? I want to pray for you. I saw it by the Spirit. I believe it's on the left side here. Who is that? Come here. It's, it'll be no more. Does it cause headaches and pain? Yes. No more. I said no more. I said no more. I said no more. I said no more. Not after tonight. It's over. It's broken. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. All kinds of any kind of digestive situation is being healed now, right now, in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for your goodness. You're so good. The tomb is empty. Jesus is Lord. How we worship you. We're not here by ourselves. Oh, how we thank you, Lord Jesus. How we bless you, King Jesus. Glory to God. Let's worship him for a minute. Oh, my, 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 my. Yeah, double dose. So just a refreshing. You're not going to leave these meetings the same, woman of God. Ha, 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 ha. This is a great time in the Lord for you. You're not going to leave these meetings the same. Glory to God. Glory to God. And sir, there's a strengthening for you as well in the name. There it is right there. Whoa, glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, ma'am, right here, right here. Uh, ma'am, have you ever had any issue with your back at all? Yeah, I turned around and looked at you and I saw your back and the Spirit of God said to me, he said, I'm healing her completely. Stand her up here. Stand her up here. Glory to God. And what did you say? Yes. And what now? Oh, MS. Yeah. Hurt everywhere. Oh, well, how about no more? How about no more? We judge that disease. We judge the name of that foul thing. You come out of her joints and out of her muscles and out of her body in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We wash her in the blood of the Lamb, minister the DNA of the resurrected Christ. This woman's healed. She spent her last day under the curse of this debilitating disease. Yes, we break your power now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Glory to God. You will not be the same after this meeting, dear heart. Glory to God. Woo! Glory be to God. 
Right in here, right in here, I saw someone over in here. There's a little bit of an abnormality in your chest that's been concerning you, but that thing's dissolving, it's leaving, it's going normal, and I want to hear about it. Your body, every abnormal growth, everything that's outside of what is normal in your body is leaving your body now in Jesus' name. Moles and styes and skin, uh, uh, you know, uh, dark spots and tumors and scars in the name of Jesus, they're leaving your body. They're causing you fear and concern. We break the power of the spirit of fear. We bind the name of cancer. We command it to bow its knee and it's leaving your body now in Jesus' name. I hear the spirit of God say the Zoe life of God is here in mental, any kind of a mental issue, whether that would be damage, brain damage or memory loss or seizures, any type of abnormality with the neuromuscular system, especially the neural, the neural motor skills that come from the brain, I heard the Spirit of God say that there's the life of God for development in the atmosphere. And for things that are slow or you're even slow with motor skills, that's changing and paralysis is leaving. Bodies are being healed. Development is coming. I saw it clear. There's someone here that's dealing with that especially. Glory to God. And the power of God's here to take care of that thing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for helping your church. We thank you for blessing your church. Oh, how we bless you. Oh, how we thank you. How we glorify you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. How we bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody bring a Bible tonight? (laughs) Let's take a little time talking about where we're going in these meetings. Because it is somewhere mighty in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, give my Holy Ghost high five and say, listen up, it's going to be good tonight. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, we love you. We bless you. We magnify you. And just let this dear sweet lady, she may be stuck to the floor for the whole meeting. Just, she doesn't even need to feel in any way encouraged to move out from under that anointing. I need to be able to minister the life of God on the top of this situation. She's coming out of this every whit hole tonight. In Jesus' name, she's coming out of this every whit hole tonight in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you got your Bible, open it to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to spend a little time with you in the Word tonight. And uh, I'm not uh, sure, quite sure how far we'll go tonight uh, in, in this thing. But we're going to just lay the foundation for where we're headed together by the Spirit of the living God. And uh, we will see some great things happen to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, we bless you, we magnify you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, teacher of the church, 
Help me to help the people. Establish the track that we're headed. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Father. I want you to begin reading with me, if you would. Starting in Ephesians 1, we're going to start reading in verse 16. Actually, let's back up to verse 15. It says this, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to all the saints, unto all the saints. Now this is very important because he's giving us a description of why he's about in this letter to record for them the prayer he's been praying for them. Understand he's praying this prayer because he heard of their faith. Because they were walking in the love of God and he heard of their faith, he's praying this prayer for believers. Say, this belongs to believers. believers. Say it again. Say it one more time. Now say, this belongs to me. It's very important to realize that what we're reading here was written to an entire church. In fact, let's back up to the first three verses. It says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints. Amen. What I'm going to say to you tonight, it's it's going to be very difficult for someone that's not born again and has some help from the Holy Spirit to understand these things because the natural man doesn't understand the things of the Spirit of God. Now, does that mean people that, are, that might not be born again, that are attending service tonight, are out of order? Oh, absolutely not. The very things I'm talking about can belong to you. All you got to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Jesus died. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him would not perish but have, but have. Yes. See, when a person believes in Jesus, they have something. Yes. Did you hear what I said? Yes. When a person believes in Jesus, they're not going to get something. They already have it. They have been transferred from the authority of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, the son of his love. We've gone from the power of Satan to the power of God, from darkness to light. Supernatural movement took place. You and I, we change kingdoms in Jesus' name. And everything we possess belongs to anybody that will accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Glory be to God. But I'm primarily sent here in these meetings to impart to the church so that the church can go to a totally different place in doing the work of the ministry. There's a great grace and a great anointing and a great empowerment in this couple and on your lives and those of you that are attached. And the problem is not that we don't have what we need. The problem is often and all too often people don't know what they have. I'm going to say it again. The problem is not that believers don't have what they need. The problem is believers often, too, all too often, don't know what they have. And because they don't know what they have, people perish. Because you perish if there's a lack of knowledge. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We cannot be made free by truth we do not know. You know, many times people say, uh, well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but, you know, words will never hurt me. Well, no, or what you don't know won't hurt you. Both of those are lies. The first thing is 
that talebearers are like stripes. Words can go to the inward part of a person and you can hit somebody with a rock and it'll heal. You can speak a word to them and tell them they're dumb and stupid and can't learn. And they'll carry that for 50 years. So you need to understand words are a whole lot more dangerous, a whole lot more powerful, and a whole lot more further lasting than having some kind of injury that your body eventually recovers from. So we need to understand that's a lie. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, see, that's an example of the natural man coming up with something. Try to say, nah, 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 you can't get me. That, that, that's a natural response. But the truth is, it's a lie. It is not the truth. So if, per, if a person says, well, well what, I don't, what you don't know don't hurt you. That's a lie. What you don't know will kill you. Yeah, yeah, what you don't know is the problem. You know, recently uh, I was in a meeting, in fact, a few days ago, and uh, the, the brother was, we were sharing, and they were on a long fast, and the word of the Lord came to him, and, 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 he just, and when he shared it, it just went right through me. Because anytime the Holy Ghost speaks, and it's the word of the Lord, and you know it's the word of the Lord, then it's not just for that individual. Now, he can speak something that's for that individual, but what he was saying to it was to a ministry gift. And this ministry gift is a sign, of course, to teach and minister the word of the Lord. And here's what the Spirit of God said to him after a season of fasting and hours praying in the Holy Spirit. The Lord said to him, my people are ignorant that they are ignorant. And that's why they're ignorant. Now that, no, listen, I'm going to say it again. My people are ignorant that they are ignorant. My people are ignorant that they are ignorant. It's why they're ignorant. See, you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know something, you don't know you don't know it. So there has to be an element of humility about a person to stop talking and start listening because when they're talking... They're, on, they're bound into the arena of what they know. Because you can't talk about what you don't know. Amen. Amen. And one of the reasons we need to be in situations like this is we already know what we know. We're not here to deal with just what we know. Because most of the time what we know has got us where we are. No. No, we, <laughs> we need something from on high. Yeah. There are some things that he heaven wants to activate inside the church that's going to take the church up and out of their current limits. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's far away and above and beyond, super exceeding abundantly above and beyond all you and I can ask or think according to the power that's at work on the inside of us. Yeah. So glory be to God. Spirit of God has some things for us. Yeah. We didn't gather by accident. We didn't gather because we thought it was a good idea to have a church meeting or because we needed another meeting or I needed somewhere else to go or Brother Brian needed something else to do. Offerings will be received. Increase will come. Supernatural wealth will happen. All kinds of impartation will happen. But we didn't have a meeting to have an offering. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? We have gathered together because Jesus of Nazareth is here. We have supernatural help and he's walking these aisles with a resurrection glory. And we came together that we might collide with the glory of God. Not one of us is going to leave like we came in Jesus' name. 
I said not one of us is going to leave like we came in Jesus' name. So here, the Apostle Paul is writing to a church, and he makes a statement. And I just kind of want to lay the groundwork of where we're headed. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3, and I want to read something to you. It says, for this cause, verse 1, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word. In other words, God gave this to me so I could give it to you. I'm going to say it again. Paul is saying to this church, God gave me something and the reason he gave it to me is for the purpose of giving it to you. This is very important for us to see these ideas. So it goes on to say, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which has given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery of God. As I wrote before in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So you see clearly that he is writing this letter for the purpose of imparting to this entire church what God made him to know when he was caught up in the third heaven and appeared before Jesus face to face and Jesus told him personally what happened from the cross to the throne. Now this is really important. That means that when we read Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 2, we can know what Paul knows about what happened from the cross to the throne and who we are because of it. You don't have to be caught up to the third heaven to know what the Apostle Paul knew. God caught him up to come back and dispense it, a dispensation, disperse it, impart it, share it on the same level that he received it. Now, here's the point, and I, you know, I'm, I, don't, I don't in any way feel like I'm coming against something that's coming against me. It's not that. It's just that we don't realize it, but when we start bumping up against these kinds of vast, this unknown wall of infinity, the unsearchable riches of Christ, first thing we start doing is try to, is try to, to, to somehow apprehend what's being communicated through our peanut brain. <laughs> and when you start doing that, you instantly create a, a restriction of the barrier. Not, it doesn't even have to be a negative thing. It's not even that I don't believe what you're saying or I don't receive that or I'm waiting to see how, you know, where are you going with this? Uh, and some people do that and some, sometimes there is an actual barrier that goes up. But in most cases, it's like trying to take Niagara Falls and push it through a thimble. <laughs> so what we have to understand by the Spirit of God is he's doing some things tonight and primarily he is communicating to your spirit. And your inner man, if you'll open up in your heart and even ask the Lord to release your faith to hear it, he'll talk to you about some things. You say, oh, I've never seen that before. Well, of course not, because the spirit of seeing and knowing is in here now. We're going to talk about that a little bit. There's a supernatural anointing that will cause us to see some things we have never seen. 
to think some thoughts that we never thought in our adult life. And suddenly, it doesn't matter that you're from Albemarle, North Carolina. You got the world by the tail. You're from, you're from another world. And this just happens to be your address for a while as an ambassador. <laughs> but your citizens from a place that's so far beyond anything you could ask or imagine. That God didn't sit you into Albemarle, North Carolina to conform to what their limits are. But to change this place. Revolutionize the lives of the people you meet. Cause them to collide with the glory of God. And explode into a world outreach center right here in this place. And to do that, it's going to require some kicking out some walls. Yeah. It's going to require some impartation of some different thinking. Yeah. And you're well on your way. To my knowledge, in all the years of our life in ministry, and all the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches and nations I've been in, I've never once had the Lord tell me, here's the first thing you say when you stand on the stage. You've been preparing for the glory of God. I will fill this house with my glory. And the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former. So you could have received that just as, well, why did he say that? How did he say it? Listen, I've never said that. In the entirety of my life in ministry, to my knowledge, I have never prophesied that over a church. You need to understand how God started this meeting. He laid the groundwork from the Holy Ghost by saying, you have been preparing for my glory. I will fill this house with my glory. So in order to do that, you've got to have faith for it. And so for these three nights, we're going to be dealing with, talking about, embracing, chewing on, asking the Lord to open our heart. We're going to be dealing with the glory of God. Because it's coming. It's coming like a tidal wave to you, brother. Everything you've asked the Lord for, he's going to bring in full. So buckle your seatbelt because I've got three days of impartation to the people to kick them out and expand them and get them ready for what you've been asking God for. Because he's going to answer your prayer and the people's cry. And the move of God is coming to this place as he has promised. So I guess what I'm asking you to do is, we've got more than one night. So I'm, I'm asking you right now to make some decisions. That I want to ask the Holy Spirit, the author of the book, to help me to comprehend some things my mind cannot apprehend. And also to hear some things and be open to hear some things. That I'm not going to treat just like a teaching. That I am prepared for an impartation. A dispensing, a distribution of a grace that's going to empower people and take them beyond where they've ever been before. That's why we've gathered. Glory to God. And the Apostle Paul said, this is a dispensation of the grace of God which is given me for you word. How that by revelation he made me to know. Now do you have your Bible open? Are you reading it? Some of the things I'm going to talk about, it's going to be very difficult for you to understand the concept unless you get your eyes on that scripture. Say, by revelation, revelation. 
He made known unto me the mystery. Say it again. Say, by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. Say it again. By revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. Say it again. By revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. That I, wrote that I wrote in a few words. In a few words. If you will read, well, let's read verse four now. Whereby when you read, say, when I read, I will understand Paul's knowledge in the mystery of Christ. It'll be made known to me, known to me on the same level, on the same level. by revelation. By Now, the definition of revelation knowledge is information or, or knowledge that comes that did not, that's revealed to you. You couldn't see it. You didn't know it. And it didn't come through your five physical senses. You know it, and you don't know how you know it. You see it, and you see it supernaturally. So there's some information that's going to come to you from His Spirit to your spirit and you're going to know some things that actually don't have to pass through your brain. Now that's, that's difficult for people who their entire life, their brain, their thinking, and their opinions are their God. Because most people live and die and never get to the place where they're spirit conscious. They think somehow this is them. And so constantly they say things like, I hurt. Well, not you. You don't hurt. Your spirit man is not sick. Yeah. Your body may have a temporary pain in it. Amen. Amen. So instead of saying, I'm tired, yeah. how about you say, my body needs some rest. Because you are not tired. Your spirit man's connected to the eternal creator of the universe who has no beginning or end. And the Spirit of God never slumbers nor sleeps. But He gives to His beloved when they sleep. How do you think God makes you to know things while you're sleeping? Your body's resting, but you're not asleep. He's talking to your spirit while your body's resting. Now the Apostle Paul talked about how this information came. And he talked about it in 2 Corinthians 12 to, to the church there. That was a carnal church trying to communicate to them. That... that Really? Um, okay, sure. Uh, let's go over there and read. The Lord wants me to read this, so let's read it. With me, go with me, please, if you would, to uh, chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians. And let's read this. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, before we get to the 12th chapter, we're going to back up a few verses and we're going to read something else, all right? I want you to back up, if you will, to chapter 11. And let's read verse, uh, uh, let's just start with verse 10. As the truth of Christ is in me, 
No man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. How come? Because I love you not, God knows. But what I do that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. But such are false apostles, say false apostles, false deceitful workers, deceitful. transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no wonder, no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So it's no great thing if his ministers be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Now, I'm saying that to you because without taking the time to go back through these letters, the Apostle Paul writes to this church and he says, Corinthians... Open your heart back up to me. He said, my heart's always been open to you and I've shared with you everything Jesus told me to share with you. And not only that, this is the letter where he wrote to the church and he said, you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but not many fathers. So he clearly says in his teaching that even by the grace of God, not every voice has equal importance in your life. You don't give, just because somebody's a preacher doesn't mean their voice has equal importance. Hello? And you've got to decide what voices are the voices that carry the truth and the grace by revelation that will burst something heavenly and supernatural and is not just a transference of information. And that, can, that only comes by revelation and the anointing. Of impartation. Ministry isn't teaching. Ministry is impartation. Right. And you got to have something before you can give it away. Right. And so the Apostle Paul, how many of you have ever read, he wrote here in the Corinthians to that church, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Yes. Have you ever read that? Yeah. It's only a handful of verses above that, three, four, five verses above that, where he says, Corinthians, he said, my mouth is open to you. My heart is enlarged. Open your hearts to me. And he goes and tells them that he said, in the beginning, you were open to me and I was open to you. I hadn't closed off to you, but you've heard other voices and other teachers and you've closed off to me. You begin to treat the information that they taught you and put it on the same level with the information I brought you from the third heaven. And you were wrong. And he said, it's cost you and kept you carnal. And now there's factions there and it's going to kill you. And you got fornication in the church because you've been listening to these teachers and you're drinking of their spirit instead of the anointing that stripped the devil and rose him from the dead and broke you free. So he has no choice. Well, Lord, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, mm, mm, mm. All right. Uh, he's wanting me to do this, so let's talk about it. Uh, I didn't know he was wanting me to do this, but... Uh, he knows all things. It's his church. And so let's just read his word. Amen. Say, this is his word. Just, just make real clear. I just want to make sure right before we start reading any of this, that I'm actually reading out of the same Bible you have and that none of this is Brother Tracy's idea. <laughs> Glory to God. First Corinthians chapter four. And I want you to look at what he says. In verse 15, he says, therefore, actually, let's back up here. Uh, verse 14, I write not these things to shame you, 
but as my beloved sons, I warn you. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Do you hear what he said? See, this, this correction shouldn't produce shame if it is the wrong spirits involved, either in the way people are hearing it or the way it's being presented. And he's very clear to them. He said, I'm not writing this to shame you. I'm writing this because I love you so much. I don't want you, number one, to get deceived, and number two, for it to be stolen from, or number three, get destroyed, and therefore I'm warning you. Are you seeing this? So he says, I beseech you therefore then, he says, I'm not, not, I'm not writing these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons I warn you, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, and those are, uh, the Greek word is, you know, I'm going to dumb it down to uh, the American pronunciation, but pedagogues, basically. And what it means is, is we're not even talking about teachers here. We're talking about the culture of the day. And the best way that I know how to describe it to you is in Galatians 4, where it says, before Christ came, the people were under the law, which was schoolmasters and tutors and governors until the son came. They were servants and not sons. This word actually refers to house workers or slaves that watched after the kids while dad was at work and taught them how to tie their shoes, made them breakfast, made sure they had their books when they went to school. This is a servant. These aren't even teachers. They're just teaching kids what's right. How to tie their tie, how to tie their bow tie, how to tie their shoes, how to, how to just be responsible people and be able to function in society. But the day's going to come where that person that's teaching them is going to be serving them. Not training them, serving them because that person's going to grow up and inherit the estate. So this person is not their child and forever is not going to do what they're being taught. This is really important. Actually, the Greek can be translated even to go so far as to say these are boy leaders. Some of them even were older boys that taught the younger boys how to buckle their pants and get out of the pool and dry off. And that's exactly what we got going on in the body of Christ is what he's saying. He said these people come in and take a text and, and here's, their, here's the sum total of their spirituality. They're flipping through the word to try to find something to preach. That's no different than a country song. <laughs> now y'all are laughing at me, but it's the truth. They're looking for something that they can put a catchphrase. Here's what they get. They get a catchphrase that's a hook for a tune and build the other lyrics around it and go through the word to find scriptures to support their hook. This is going on. It's no wonder that there's no miracles or eternal fruit or impartation or supernatural life change. Because we didn't come to get all excited over some transference of information that was cute and, and, oh, well, the way they said that, that was cute and catchy and it rhymed and I can remember that. No, I'm going to tell you something. When I have been caught up in the spirit and things have come to me by revelation knowledge, 
It was so indelibly imprinted in my heart. I didn't even have to work to remember it because it didn't come through my brain. There are things he said to me that I hadn't even had to spend any time at all trying to remember. Because it was transferred. It became mine. I mean, it's in me. That's just between revelation and information. Or inspiration. When God opens your eyes and you see something, it'll change your life forever and it's yours forever. It's a transference of possession. Heaven comes to earth and something beyond this world moves on the inside of you and me. And our life changes. The church changes. It's built on a rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Glory be to God. Now here he's saying you've got 10,000 instructors in Christ, not many fathers. Well, what's the difference between an instructor and a father? A father's the only one that can beget something new in your life. There's a difference between information sharing and birthing. Hello. And so he says this. He says, therefore, I beseech you, be followers of me. He's having to tell his kids, his spiritual kids, don't listen to that stuff now. I'm warning you, don't listen to that stuff. Why? Because I love you. And because you got greatness on you. And these people are just trying to get an offering from you. Okay. Hello. Yeah, that's good. You know, I'm, I'm excited about being here. I'm, I'm sure you're excited about listening, but <laughs> let's kind of act like we are. Praise the Lord. I, I know this isn't like swinging from the chandelier kind of information, but it's life-changing. Yeah. I mean, this is life-changing. Yeah. And so he goes on to say, <laughs> he says, For this cause I've sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ. Now look at this. As I teach everywhere in every church. Oh, you mean every church ought to have the opportunity to have the, uh, the spiritual, the impartation of a spiritual father that will bring them into, the, into everything Jesus promised the church. Every one of you, when he's writing to Ephesus, he's writing to them to tell them, I was taken to the third heaven. I was given this and I was made to know by revelation. I wrote it to you so the whole church could have it. Not so you can set me up here as the apostle Paul, but so that I can bring to you from the head of the church what Jesus died to give you. Glory be to God. Now we'll get back to that in a minute. But we're talking about this glory in the church. I said glory in the church. Not Paul being caught up into the third heaven and hearing something so he could walk in glory. No, glory in the church. Glory to God. Glory set in the church for people to understand that it is supposed to not be the exception but the norm that resurrection power happen in every church meeting. There's glory in the church. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so here, here's what he says. Now some of you are puffed up. He said, some of you are puffed up as though I would not come to you. But I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills. And I will know not the speech. Look at this. Not the what? Not the speech of them which are puffed up. But the power. Somebody say the power. power. 
See, the difference is in the power. See, people that can't produce what they teach aren't fit to teach it. I learned that from T.L. Osborne years ago. You don't write to preach about miracles if, if there's none ever manifest in your life. If you've never seen one. See, that's, that's what's wrong with the body of Christ. There are people writing books about faith that don't know anything about faith. You wouldn't take your car to the heart doctor any more than you'd get a heart surgery from the mechanic. You're that smart in the natural. So why would you read a book from a guy that's saying the faith camp is heresy and he doesn't have any faith? You've got to have some faith to be intelligently able to talk about it. You've got to know about it and have handled it and seen it and walked in it. People who don't have faith are not qualified to write books about it. Dear God, I was that smart when I started learning how to fly. I didn't run around asking people that were afraid to fly, Lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. Huh? No, I was smart enough to at least find somebody that not only knew how to fly, but had the desire to teach others how to fly so that when they got finished with me, I could fly just like them. See, this is what you need to understand. Paul didn't go to the third heaven to prove he could fly. Paul went to the third heaven to learn how to come back so that we can fly just like him. Glory to God. I'm just going to tell you something. When you grab that yoke and pull it back, the plane goes up. When you push it over, the plane goes down. And it's going to do it for you if you do it, and you if you do it, and you if you do it, and you if you do it, because you're acting a law. And that law is going to work for whoever acts on it. And God's up to every man need measure of faith. You have faith. Faith that will overcome the world. Faith that will bring the glory. Faith that will produce miracles. And it will work for every one of you that will act on it. Glory to God. Glory to God. You can move mountains. You can cast out devils. You can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And you are the glory carriers that's going to turn North Carolina around. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So like Paul, I'm not interested in the speech. I'm interested in the power. Huh? Yeah, not the. T- Lots of folks can preach a good message. I'm talking about the power of God. I'm talking about when you go preach somewhere halfway around the world. Huh? And demons are telling you you're fake and you're a fraud and you spend too much money and you ought to be at home back where you belong. And next thing you know, you get in the meeting and people start blind up against the wall and your interpreter falls out and you got to catch him. Why? Because there's power coming out of your spirit. Glory to God, there's power coming out of your spirit. you got something to give to people. And if you don't carry that kind of power, stay off the foreign field and buy somebody else a ticket that does. Glory to God. Be seated for a second. I'm just telling you the truth. Spirit of God said some things to me and it's really important. I'm a little ahead of myself. I'm gonna stay in 1 Corinthians 4, but I just, uh, I want you to know... Uh, there's some things that started. We actually did a series of meetings in Cleveland, Tennessee at Brother Norval Hayes' headquarters. And the Lord said some things to me in that meeting that I never got into. 
And I don't know that I'll get into all of it here, but he said to me on the airplane coming here, he said, now you're going to pick up where you were there. <laughs> and the things I said to you in that meeting are going to begin to manifest in this church. Now, I want you to understand something. He said, he said two things to me uh, in that meeting. I spent some time with him, and I thought I was going to preach it in that meeting because, I mean, he downloaded it in me day after day in that meeting, that series of meetings. And one of them was about the glory of the Father, and the other one was this, strength for the glory. He began to talk to me about the spiritual strength it takes to operate in the glory. That the glory and the strength are synonymous. And you got to have some spiritual strength for the glory to be able to manifest. And uh, I want to talk to you just briefly about strength for the glory. I'm not going to teach you the message. I'm just going to make a point about it. And then I want to talk to you about the glory of the Father. And then we'll get right back here and we'll go back to Ephesians 1 where we need to go. But we need to understand that the Bible is very, very clear <clears throat> that our spirit, the spiritual strength of a man, Strong spirit of a man sustains him. That's what sustains him. Now the church is supposed to have glory in it. It's built on a rock. And the glory of the Lord and the strength of the Lord are synonymous. Let me just give you one example. One example is in Ephesians 3 where Paul's praying for the church. And he said that we would be strengthened with might in our inner man by his spirit. Does anybody remember where from? From the riches of his glory. I'll get to it in a minute. But Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. So what began to explode from his inner being in the regions of the damned was so strong. It blew backward. All the devils of hell, all combined with all their power, all at once trying to keep him in the ground. We're talking about an explosion. Greater than a nuclear bomb. Greater than an atomic bomb. We're talking about an explosion in the regions of the damned. That imploded an entire kingdom and brought it to nothing. And forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, every component of that kingdom will be far beneath the Lord of glory. Now we need to realize that the glory is a spiritual force. And this is what I want to say to you. Hear me now. When we're talking about deliverance, Satan's a spirit being. So what I want to say to you is, Satan is a spirit being, so to cast him out, there has to be a spiritual force coming out of your spirit to expel him. Do you see that? You see what I'm trying to say to you? Two people can stand side by side, and we see this in the book of Acts very clearly, that the seven sons of Sceva said, come out of the man, come out of the man. You foul spirit, I adjure you by this Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the devil said to those boys, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? Jumped on all seven of them, stripped them down. I'm talking about tore the clothes off. 
One demon-possessed man tore the complete clothes off of seven preachers. Beaten? Beat them up. Bloodied them. A bloodied, beaten up, naked, seven Jewish priests. One devil. Hmm? Jesus I know and Paul I know. Jesus I know. The devil said, Jesus I know, Paul I know. Oh, come on now. Paul I know. Huh? See, he's, they said the same words. Come out. They heard him say come out. By this Jesus, they heard him say Jesus. Whom Paul preaches. So they're preaching what Paul preached. So it's not the speech. It's the power. And the devil himself testified that he was as intimidated of Paul as he was Jesus. Oh, glory to God. See, that, that's, that's what I want you to understand. He's not intimidated to you just because you say the name of Jesus. He called Paul by name. Paul's name took on a synonymous power with the name of Jesus. So if Paul said it, the devil had to do it. Why? Because Paul knew Jesus. Jesus was in Paul and Jesus had authorized him and he was operating by faith in the very power that raised Jesus from the dead. It wasn't taking anything away from Jesus. It magnified Jesus. It proved he had actually seen Jesus. It proved he actually knew Jesus. And it verified his testimony about Jesus. So it wasn't about elevating Paul and making him some big shot. It was about it made Jesus bigger for Paul to be able to do what Jesus did because he met him. Oh, come on now. The devil was as intimidated by Paul as he was Jesus. He responded to his name on the same level because when Paul died and became born again and Jesus came alive on the inside of him, he began to realize the authority he had because Jesus took him from the cross to the throne. Paul's the one that wrote in the book of Philippians how that God exalted him and gave him a name that's above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow and every tongue would swear. Where do you think Paul got that? He got that in heaven. Can you imagine what that must have been like? John said, I saw him on the Lord's day. I was caught up in the spirit. He said, when I, when I saw him, I heard a voice like a sound of a trumpet. I turned to see who talked with me. And when I saw him, his face shone like the sun in its noonday strength. His voice was like the thundering of many waters. He was clothed down to the foot with a white garment, girded about the paths with a golden girdle. His eyes were like glowing fire embers. His hair was white like wool. He said, I saw him. He radiated the glory of God. And he basically said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead man. He put his hand on me and said, fear not, John. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys. There's no telling what Paul saw. Mm. But I'll tell you one thing. When he got back. 
Flogging, stoning, shipwrecks, people, imprisonments didn't seem to intimidate him. So he must have seen something. Because he couldn't be stopped. He couldn't be bought. He wouldn't be threatened. He wouldn't back up. He wouldn't bend or compromise. Something happened to that man. <laughs> Stone him and left him for dead. He got up the next day and walked 30 miles and preached again. <laughs> Couldn't kill him till he was done. We read about one shipwreck. It says he was shipwrecked three times. Yeah. <laughs> Beatings, plural. Stonings, plural. We hear about him being stoned once. He was stoned more than once. Whipped with rods like five times. Cat of nine tails. And when he got in jail, you know what he said? He said, I hadn't decided if I'm going to die yet or not. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's something beside his body keeping him alive. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? The very essence of the very spirit of the glory of the creator of the universe that raised Jesus from the dead. Boom! When, John, when Paul saw him, went down inside of Paul and he said, now take this back to my church. Tell them who I am and what I did and what they have because I did it and no demon will ever control their life if they use my name. Church's been slopping around trying to get the junior high secondhand curtains to put behind the stage. So we can get their old outdated video equipment so we can, you know, do a, a public service announcement on cable TV that we don't have to pay for that they give us. Yeah, come on. Oh, come on now. You know I'm telling you the truth. Listen, no farmer asks the ground, what will you grow for me? God did not put us on the planet to ask the world for permission to walk in the glory that lives on the inside of us because Jesus is raised from the dead. Wow. Glory to God. We tell the earth what it's going to do. And it responds to us because we were created to govern it. And we've got to know who we are. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And we're not talking about the speech of it. We're talking about the power. Yes. <laughs> the power. Woo! And not just the power, but faith in that power. The very power that raised Jesus from the dead. Yes. Now hear me, I'm going to say it again. Satan is a spirit being. So to cast him out, there has to be a spiritual force coming out of your spirit to expel him. Yes. Do you see that? Yes. So that means there's got to be something in there. That's why the Bible tells us when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we build up ourselves. Like charging up a battery. You know, you can pray in tongues for six, eight hours, and you might not even feel like anything happened. But watch what happened when you get your hands on somebody. It's like a defibrillator paddle. So, whoa, what happened? It's like that old boy said years ago, what happened was, you know. <laughs> 
Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. There's something big on the inside of you. It's a demon master. Glory to God. It's a giant killer. It's a lion tamer. I'm telling you, there's greatness on the inside of you tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Glory to God. Now, notice what he said here. He said, I will come to you shortly. This is 1 Corinthians 4. I will come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So what will you? In other words, you choose. You want me to come with you to you with a rod of correction? You want me to come and demonstrate in front of all these so-called false apostles who really has the power? Do you really want to have a showdown? Do you really want that? Or do you want to just humble yourself and realize you're all puffed up and you ain't all that and let's just... Hello. And that's what he basically said to him. Now I want to read it to you in this. Notice what he says here. Uh, This is Amplified, verse 6. I urge you and implore you be imitators of me. For for this very cause I sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and trustworthy child in the Lord, who will recall to your minds my methods of proceeding and course of conduct and way of life in Christ, such as I teach everywhere in each of the churches. Verse 19. But I will come to you, and shortly, if the Lord's willing, and then I will perceive and understand not the talk of these puffed up and arrogant spirits, what they amount to, but their force. Hello? Do you see what he said there? He said, but their force, that is the excellence of soul they really possess. For the kingdom of God consists of and is based not on talk, but power. Glory be to God. Do we really possess something? Well, yeah, we do. Glory to God. Yes, we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Greater is he that's in you and me than he that's in the world. Now go back with me to Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, there in those meetings in Cleveland, Tennessee, the Spirit of God said something else to me. And uh, he wanted me to spend some more time in it and on it. And we're we're about to read something here concerning it. But I want to read this to you by the Spirit of God because he's instructed me to. He said this to me. He said, the glory is different than the anointing. (laughs) Now, we're not going to break that all down tonight, but I just wanted to let you know, the glory is different than the anointing. And then he said this to me, the glory is the presence and operation of the might and dominion, the very Spirit of God that raised Jesus raised him from the dead. Do you hear what I just said? Understand that the Bible tells us, if we were to go to the book of Acts, the Bible tells us that when Jesus was raised from the dead, and I can show, you, show it to you if, if, if you have any questions about it, but it said that God made him both, say both. both. Most people, you'll, you'll never hear anybody quote this scripture too much. Both Lord and Christ. Both. Well, the word Christ is anointed. But he's Lord. Do you understand? 
In the earth, he functioned and had some limits. You say limits? Yeah, he had limits. When he went to his own hometown, he could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. He never ceased to be the Lord of glory. But he had laid down his divinity. And he took on the robe of fleshly humanity and he functioned as a prophet under the Abrahamic covenant with an anointing on him. Oh, come on now. This is really, really important. But when he came out of that ground, <laughs> hmm? now see what, let me, let me say the Mount of Transfiguration. What Peter, James, and John saw when Moses and Elijah appeared on that mountain and he was transfigured and they talked with him and they fell down on their faces. Huh? Yeah. They saw the Lordship. The Lord of glory. Yeah. Most people saw him walking around as a man in a robe and trying to figure out his teachings and trying to figure out, you know. But the people that understood the Spirit coming off of him, the Spirit of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Yeah. People can be, anointing means to rub or to smear or to paint. It's God's power on human flesh, empowering human flesh to do what it can't do on its own. So people can be anointed to do any numbers of things, and they can be anointed for a special task. For example, all the body of Christ can prophesy. But just because a person can prophesy, it doesn't make them a prophet. So you can have a prophetic anointing to know something. That doesn't mean you're an officer prophet. Amen. So the anointing can come to empower you to do something as the need arises because it functions as God wills because he wants to bless people and help people and help you and he's always with us and he'll never leave us or forsake us. But I'm just going to tell you, the anointing and functioning in the anointing is a different thing from functioning in the spirit that made him Lord. When you get under the anointing of the spirit that rose him from the dead, and made him Lord. The glory. There is a kratos. A kingdom might. There's a dunamis. A dynamite force. Power. Mighty working ability. And it causes the working of miracles. The gift of faith. The doing of the impossible. The glory of the Lord comes in the house. And human flesh can't even stand in its presence. Everybody hits the deck. Just like that Roman garrison did when he said, I am he. And it went, boom. Some, some, some apprehension. Jesus had to wait till they got off the ground to take him captive. <laughs> now think about that. He said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down and I take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Make no mistake about it. That's what gives the cross all of its power. Is the fact that he went there of his free will. As as a man. He exercised his will to the point of shedding blood. To go the Father's way. Even against something his own soul didn't want to do. That means he forever broke the back. Of a man's willpower keeping him from following God. Jesus was our substitute. 
There's no man on the planet whose habits, addictions, willpower, desires can control him if he simply submits to Jesus. There's nothing in your life tonight that has control over you that's so strong you can't break it. Because there's a spirit on you that is so manifold stronger than that that what's got a hold of any person's life in the sound of my voice is not even a close second. The very glory that raised him from the dead is the spirit of the living God that made him Lord. The spirit of the Lord. Oh my goodness. And so I want you to understand that the glory of God is different than the manifestation of the anointing. And the anointing can be given by degree. You can be anointed more or less. But the glory of God is the fullness of his might, his dominion, his power that comes on the scene. And when it comes on the scene, it'll do in our bodies what it did in Jesus' body when it ripped him out of that grave. It's the very same spirit. And that spirit, by blood covenant right, belongs to the church. He rose from the dead so that the church could continually convene and have access to the hope of this glory coming in our midst. So that no matter what we'll ever face or ever deal with in our lives, no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. No man will stand before us all the days of our life. No deceiving, conniving uh, situation behind us can grab hold of us and stop our progress. Nobody can keep the money out of our hands it takes to get it done. And nobody can keep the permit out of our hands that the city says you can't build on that lot. So there is nobody when the glory of the Lord comes upon you. Oh, come on now. Because it made him Lord. I said it made him Lord. That, meant, that means it rose him up high. He was raised by the glory. Somebody say raised. Raised by the glory. Say it again. Say it again. I can show you again and again and again in the word. When the glory comes in, it lifts us up. The glory comes in like a flood. You know, uh, these big, huge barges that go down massive rivers. And flying here, we flew over the Mississippi River. And the Mississippi River has a, a, a large, I mean, barges that are just, we probably could land an airplane on some of them. They're so, so long. And they're carrying no telling how much cargo. But you know, if they get stuck on a mud bank, you and I, we're not going to go up there and be able to push them off with our foot. <laughs> right? But you let some water come in under them. Oh, come on now. You let some water come in. <laughs> and that thing comes up, starts riding on that water. Next thing you know, it can move, it can go. It carries a power and an energy that you can't stop it. And I'm telling you what's the glory of God's going to do for the church. Church is mighty. It's a mighty cargo machine full of the unsearchable riches of Christ. And much of the church has been high-centered because they don't know who they are or what they have. But that glory is about to come in under the wings of the church. Glory to God. Mm. <laughs> I hear it now. Glory to God. 
And it's not the horn of the rapture, it's the glory horn. Here it comes, man. It's coming in here and it's going to flood this house and the great weight that raised Jesus from the dead is coming alive. The church is about to stand up and it's going to be unstoppable, untouchable, immovable, unchangeable and the glory of the Lord is going to come on his church and Jesus is showing up and he's showing out. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. These meetings, you watch what I tell you. These meetings are set. Jesus said when he walked up to the tomb of Lazarus, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory. Part of what I'm doing these meetings as I begin to minister along these lines is your faith's getting stirred. I said your faith is getting stirred. When you hear about it, you start desiring it. When you hear about it, you start asking for it. When you hear about it, you start expecting it. When you hear about it, you start believing for it. When you know it belongs to you and you start believing for it and you start desiring it, guess what begins to happen? It's an on-demand system. It begins to flood the house. And I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, before we finish this, this set of meetings, the whole purpose of coming here is to move to a different place of spiritual capacity. The kingdom might... The kingdom dominion, the glory of the Lord that raised Jesus from the dead is coming into these meetings, coming into this church. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. This is sitting on you now when I'm talking and you had not seen anything yet. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. You can ask some of these brothers that came to Texarkana a little bit ago. It moved in there for about two hours. I was pinned to the floor. I wasn't right for 24 hours. (laughs) 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 Glory. (laughs) 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 So see, Joyce, Joyce full of glory. (laughs) <laughs> Joy is full, <laughs> full of glory. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. My, 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 my. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. See, the glory is where He appears. That's why it's called his glorious appearing. See, we need to understand that he appears in glory. That's so when the glory manifests, it's when he appears. It's when he's showing up on the scene. We, yeah, I thought he was everywhere all the time. Well, he is. He is in you and in me. But you need to understand the dynamics of that and to realize that there is an aspect. Now, I promise you, you know the difference. I've had him walk in my presence. I guarantee you, you know the difference. It's like a refiner's fire and a fuller soap. And he suddenly comes to his temple. Don't tell me that folks, (laughs) Peter saw it in that boat when he caught those fish that day. He fell down at his knees. My God, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. This is why we've got to find out we're the righteous of God in Christ. It's the only thing that's going to strengthen our spirit with the capacity to function in the glory when it comes. Sin consciousness can't go into the glory. 
There are substances that cannot make it through the glory. Yeah, I'll do that, Lord. I will. I, I see what you're wanting to do there. Yeah. I see that. I see that. Let's read this in Ephesians 1 quickly here. Notice what he says. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Verse 16. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Now notice what he says in the next phrase. May give unto you. Well, if he's the father of glory, where's he giving it from? Out of his glory. Isn't that what Ephesians 3 says? Go to Ephesians 3 and look what it says over here. He says in Ephesians 3, verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, that he would what? Grant you. There's a gift, there's a giving from heaven that comes out of the riches that are in that glory. I'm telling you, you can't have the glory manifest and not come away with something. It's in that place he appears. It's in that place things are transferred. There's a power. And it's not head knowledge. It's not transference of information. It's an impartation. I'm telling you, the working of miracles just, I mean, the anointing for the working of miracles just, just moved in here. I mean, in a mighty way. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's talk about this a little bit more. <clears throat> so he's saying to us the riches of his glory that we'd be strengthened by might and our spirit, by his spirit in the inner man out of the riches, that he would grant that out of the riches of his glory. So obviously he's giving it from the glory. Somebody said this is coming out of the glory. It's coming out of the glory. So one of the reasons we don't see more harvest off our giving because Philippians says that my God shall supply all your needs according to his glory. We're going to have to know something about the glory. To realize that the glory, the glory of the Lord, the very power and presence of Almighty God is what created this planet. When you get the glory on the scene, you don't need money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, when you get the glory on the scene, you don't need money. The glory will do in a physical body what 15 operations and $150,000 can do. It'll do what no doctor can do. It'll do, oh, glory to God. Woo! I heard Brother Hagin say the other day on one of his whole teachings, he said, I'd rather rather be in the Spirit of God 10 minutes than to own the whole world with a fence around it. Glory be to God. And he's exactly right, and he got that from Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Walker said a person that will walk by faith will cause God to pass over a million people just to get to yeah. you. I don't know about you, but I'm determined to be the one among the many. Yeah. I believe there'll be folks that'll march with me and walk with me, and then there's going to be a whole company and a new breed, a whole generation that's going to walk in the glory. I believe it, and I believe it's in this house, and I believe it's on this house, and I believe it's on you. But I'm telling you, I want you to go with me, but whether you go with me or not, I'm going. I'm getting ready right now to walk in the glory. I'm getting my spirit ready. I'm getting my heart ready. I'm getting my money ready. I'm getting my family ready. I'm getting my partners ready. I'm getting my church ready. And everything I can do, I'm preparing the people to get ready for the coming of the Lord because there's a tsunami of the greatest glory 
glory of God that's ever hit the planet. And it's about to hit the United States of America and it's going to wash from coast to coast and it's going to make, it's a fresh healing waters move, but it's going to make the healing waters movement look like we were in ankle deep water. It's about to move and it's about to pick up this great thing called the church and move the church into the destiny God has for the church. Glory to God. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. Glory to God. We've been building an ark for a while on dry dock. But I'm telling you, the floods are about to open. The windows of heaven are opening. The fountains of the earth are about to break open. The early and the latter rain are coming. And in a short amount of time, it's going to take a boat to get to your front door. (laughs) You think I'm I'm not kidding. Things aren't going to stay like they have been. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> no, not through the folks connected to us. Things aren't going to stay like they have been. Our money's not going to stay like it has been. Our body and its strength isn't going to stay like it has been. Our family's not going to stay like it has been. Anything, the limits aren't going to stay like they have been. Things are about to change to the glory of God. I'm telling you, there's some powerful... In fact, let me read this to you. Let's go over. I'll come back to Ephesians 1 and finish up tonight. But look at Philippians chapter 3. Let me show you something that Paul said to the Philippian church. Powerful, powerful set of scriptures. And here's what he said. He says, speaking of the glory of God, that he is able, Philippians 3.21, to change. Say change. change. So there's a change coming. A change. Everything in my life is about to change. Everything around me is about to change. Glory to God. Notice what it says. He will change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Do you see this? He will change our vile body that it might be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. The Amplified reads this way. He will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation and conform it to be like the body of his glory and majesty by exerting that power which enables him even to subject everything to himself. Now, somebody said, well, yeah, I know that's going to happen at the rapture. How about you read this thing in context? (laughs) When you go back up to verse 10, he said, to know him and the power of his resurrection. In fact, why don't we read it? Back up to verse 10. That I may know him. Say that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. Notice he says, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Is he still suffering? He's not saying suffer with him. He's saying the fellowship of his sufferings. He suffered. So you can fellowship with the victory his sufferings produced. When you identify with him on that cross, you were buried with him in baptism, raised in newness of life. You were crucified with him, buried with him. You went to hell with him. You were in him. You rose with him, ascended with him, and now you're seated with him in heavenly places in Christ. That's why you had to die. That's why you got to be born again. This isn't about you suffering for Jesus. He suffered for you. We're talking about fellowshipping with the power that's available to me because he suffered. I can see I'm bumping up against a little religion here. 
Huh. Interesting. You want to know why we think we're bumping up against it? Because when you start talking about resurrection, the only thing people know about resurrection power is one day when I go by the grave, somebody's going to say ashes to ashes and dust to dust, you know, and one of these days these graves are going to burst open. That's not the resurrection he's talking about here. I'm about to prove it to you. That's not what he's talking about here. He's not talking about you're going to die and one day be resurrected. That's not what he is saying, and I'm about to prove it to you. Glory be to God. And neither is verse 21 only confined to the rapture. I'm about to prove that to you. Oh, glory to God. I'm talking about things in your life right now that don't look too strong. They seem weak and I don't have enough money. I'm telling you, it's about to change. His glory is going to come. And the power, the very power that raised him from the dead is going to exert the same power on your body as it did on his body. And suddenly the glory of God is going to change and fashion and transform your situation. Suddenly, that's called a miracle. And you're going to step up on top of something you've been struggling with for 15 years. Because you didn't have strength to break it, but the glory broke its back in a moment. It's going to take the situation and change it. It's called the power of God, and we're on a collision course toward it. And here he's saying, to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, just because I sensed what I sensed, and because I do have three days and we got to lay a track, I'm going to take just a little extra moment and look at a scripture I didn't plan to go to tonight, but I'm going to go to it right now as we, as we close and kind of wrap up our opening night here. And it's over in the epistles of Peter. Now keep your finger right there in Philippians 3. Go with me to 1 Peter. And I want to show you something. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to look at what it says here, starting in verse 10, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. It speaks of our salvation. The so-so, nothing missing, nothing broken, the fullness of our redemption. And here's what he says. This salvation the prophets excuse me, have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come to you, searching what? And what manner of time the spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. When it testified beforehand, what did it testify? What did all the prophets prophesy as the spirit of Christ was prophesying through them? They testified beforehand what? The sufferings of Christ Christ and? The glory of Christ. That what? Say follow. Follow. Say follow. Follow. That means there's glory, glory that followed his sufferings. He suffered for our glory. When his suffering was finished, it is finished and rose from the dead. I was in him. He broke the law of sin and death and the curse off of my life so I could, in response to the fact that I couldn't pay the price, so he suffered my humiliation. He suffered my death. He suffered my rejection. He suffered my sickness. He suffered my separation. And he went to hell for me. He suffered all of that. 
So that when he defeated it and rose from the dead by the glory of the Father, I would rise with him and walk in newness of life. Paul is not writing to the church that you're supposed to suffer with him. He suffered for you. Now is some glory supposed to follow in your life. Do you see this? <laughs> but we've got to get some revelation to this. And the only way that we're ever even going to be able to wrap ourselves around it is get some teaching on righteousness. I'm about to prove that to you in just a second. But if we don't get some teaching that we're the righteous of God in Christ, this sin consciousness, well, I'm so worthy. Well, God can't glorify me. Well, I just, you know, I'm... No, listen, you're not old Joe down from Route 2 and Hickory Nut from somewhere else. No, 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 no. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's about time you find out who you are in Christ. That in Christ there's neither male nor female. Bond nor free, Jew nor Greek. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory be to God. And we're about to rise up into a new identity. I'm telling you, there's a flood coming. I'm telling you, there's a flood coming. Things are changing. There's a flood coming. Glory to God, there's a flood coming. We might revisit 1 Peter later, but the bottom line is, is he's saying this glory is coming. There's a glory that should follow his sufferings. Well, is he still suffering? He suffered 2,000 years ago. He's not still suffering. He's seated. And I'm seated with him. And he's reigning in glory. And I'm reigning with him in glory. And he, in fact, he said, Father, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the world began. In other words, he laid that glory down when he took on a body. But when he died and rose again, he got that glory back. And then he said that they may be glory with a very, may have access to the very glory you're glorifying me with. When we, when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, what do you think he was saying? He's saying the place I hold with the Father, I'm going to create a seat. You're going to sit with me in heavenly places. You're going to hold the same place with the Father I have. And the glory I have, I'm going to share with you. And I'm in you and you're in me and we are one in the Father and the Father's in us. And we're the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. And my name's above every name and every knee will bow and every tongue will swear to the glory of God the Father. Without some understanding of this glory, we're not going to get satanic knees to bow. But when we get a revelation that this treasure's in an earthen vessel and greater is he that's on the inside of us and we literally have in us right now the very glory that raised Jesus from the dead. So we've got to understand that religion has not only lied and deceived us but stripped from us the very thing Jesus died to give us access to. And the only way we're going to walk in it is get our minds transformed. Get our thoughts renewed. See in the Bible that this is actually true. This actually belongs to me. And how's that knowledge going to be transferred? Well, you know, when you've, when you've carried mud around your bucket for 30 years, it can take some dipping to get a clean bucket of water. And most people have been in church so long that their minds are like concrete, thoroughly mixed and well set. So, there's so many people filled with such muddy tradition that it, it, you know, it takes a lot of dunking to get 30 years of mud out of some people. Well, miracles have passed away. That tongue stuff, that's of the devil. Well, I don't know about all that laughing stuff. <laughs> Them emotional people, holy rollers. 
Listen, they saw your car in the parking lot. They know you're here. It's not that big a town. You might as well just come on in the river. <laughs> come on in. The water's fine. Everybody knows that either you got something real or you're a cult. One or the other if you go to church on Monday night anyway. I mean, Sunday night they can understand, but Monday night and Tuesday night? When you can be a part of Uncle Bob's commercial bowling team over in Charlotte? There's got to be something here to come to church on Tuesday night. <laughs> Glory to God. Woo! And it's worth getting up and getting dressed coming to church for. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, let me get into this real quick because uh, I can see I just don't need to leave you hanging, you know. Thank you, Lord. So let's read it. Let's read it, all right? Let's back up now to verse 9. I just wanted to put it in context for you. Back up to verse 9, Philippians 3, 9. To be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but, the, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. I submit to you until we have a revelation of righteousness that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We don't know him. We don't know what he did. We don't know who he is in us. We don't know who we are in him. We don't know anything we have a right to and we don't have access to any of the very power that raised him from the dead until we have a revelation that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. But he is saying to be found in him, not the righteousness which is of the law, but the righteousness which is by faith in Christ Jesus that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Righteousness is the only spiritual force that empowers and strengthens the human spirit to stand in resurrection power and witness the glory of God. People that are unworthy, when the glory starts showing up, they run in fear. They hide under a pew because they're afraid, afraid of torment and punishment. I can't come into the presence of a holy God. So that's why the glory doesn't show up in church a lot. Because people are so filled with sin consciousness. That's right. That they're like the Old Testament folks when he appeared on the mountain. Yeah. And said, you go up there and talk to God for us, Moses. Yeah. And come back and tell us what he said. Because yeah. we can't bear him talking to us. Yeah. See, a person that doesn't know they're the righteousness of God in Christ. That's afraid that if they break through the line and get too close to the presence, they'll be thrust through with a dart or, or judged in some way. The person that's full of sin consciousness and not full that, that the blood of Jesus has done it and it is finished and I'm a new creature and greater is he than me than he's in the world and there is no past in my life, but I am brand new and he's in me and he gave me his very own righteousness. That means I can stand before the presence of a holy God without the sense or, of inferiority or guilt or shame. Because I don't stand in his presence based upon what I did. I stand in his presence based upon what he did. And when I am found in him. Found in him. That's what he's talking about. He suffered so that I might be made righteous. That's what his suffering produced. My righteousness. He took my unworthiness. 
nailed it to a tree. He took my sin, my sickness, and my shortcoming. Nailed it to a tree. When I realized he was my substitute, I found myself in him. When he died, I died. When he took those stripes, the consequences of me being made sick were on him. By his stripes, I was healed. He was bruised for my iniquities. Mm. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. And this is what else he says. All we like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way. Huh? All we, all we, we are all healed. From what? From going our own way. We're all healed. From going our own way. So I'm telling you tonight by the Spirit of God as we look at this. Notice what it says here. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Let me ask you something. If you're dead, you're dead. How are you going to attain to the resurrection? He's talking about something that's attainable. He's not talking about after you're dead. He's talking about you attaining something, apprehending something while you're in this body. Huh? You see what I'm saying? Well, it's very clear. The Greek language is very clear about this because verse 12 says, not as though I had already attained. Well, duh. How can you attain a resurrection if you've got to die first and he's still alive? He can't be talking about the resurrection when the grave pops open. He's not talking about the resurrection when the grave pops open. He's talking about apprehending the power in his body that raised Jesus from the dead. It's available. What raised him from the dead is available to me right now while I'm in my body. That is the glory. Amen. That's the glory in me. That's the glory on me. It's the glory I can expect to come every time I use the name of Jesus. Every time I tell a mountain to move or a demon to leave or money to come or somebody to be healed, I can expect the word to become flesh and manifest his glory in my midst. I can expect the resurrected Christ to appear on my body while I'm in the body going around the world preaching the gospel. The very power that raised him from the dead is right here, right now, in this room, on human bodies. Now that being said, let's read it in the Amplified because you can't get it more clear than the way it puts it. It says in the Amplified, at the end of verse 10, that I may in the same way come to know the power, the power, say the power. power. Now come on up to the end of that, the end of that verse now. Scroll on up, please. That I may in the same way come to know the power. What does it say now? Next word. Outflowing. Oh, they scrolled up, didn't they? The power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers. Do you see that? Back up one line there for me. 
I want you all to see this. Back up one line for me if you would. That I may in the same way. Go back up one. There we go. No, no. <laughs> scroll. I guess I'm telling you to scroll down now because you went up a couple lines there. No, not all the way to the top. The end, of, <laughs> the end of the verse. Here's the words I want. Come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. That's what I want you to see. Scroll up one more. I mean, scroll down one more. There it is. That I may in the same way. In the same way as what? Know that I've been made the righteous of God in Christ by revelation that I may be made to know what he did. That in the same way I can know that he took my sin and I was made righteous in that same way that I may come to know the power. There's a power outflowing from what? We're waiting for it to flow. From his resurrection. This power that flows out from his resurrection exerts itself over believers. That I can share in it. Do you see this? Now drop down to verse 11 for me and we'll read that. Notice what it says here in verse 11. And the Amplified. That if possible, I might attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection. Look at this now. That lifts me out from among the dead. Even while I'm in the body. We are not talking about somebody having your funeral and doing a graveside service. We're talking about the power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to your body right now. In the same level it exerted dominion over demons when Jesus was risen from the dead. That means when we use that name and lay hands on the sick, the same power that raised his body from the dead will go into your body and make it strong. Now, he just said that this power exerts itself over believers. Now, let's look at what it says in verse 21, Amplified. Because now we know what power we're talking about. We're talking about the power of resurrection, the spirit that raised him from the dead in the human body while we're still alive. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And what's that power going to do? Verse 21, if you guys can follow me, please. Who will then transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation and conform it to be like the body of His glory. Do you see this? Yeah. What's He going to do? Transform it. That's so good. Fashion it. King James says, conform it. And notice what it says, like the body of His glory and majesty, by exerting that power. <clears throat> You see what it's doing here? This resurrection power, this power is available. And he exerts that power and everything in your life that the law of sin and death has deformed, he transforms and makes it whole like he originally intended you to be. Amen. That means he didn't create your body to have a neuromuscular disease. And when his power came on you tonight, he's not leaving your body with a neuromuscular disease because you're a bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And as of tonight, it is evicted in the name of Jesus and there'll be no more of this. Because the very power that raised him from the dead 
has exerted itself over your body. And it's telling your nerves work. And it's telling your muscles be strong. And it's telling your joints be whole and lubricated and active. And God hadn't given you the spirit of fear. So therefore, when you know this, you don't see yourself bent over with a breathing machine, in a wheelchair, somebody having to feed you. Of course not. Because you're healed, that's why. Because from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, the mighty name of Jesus has taken any and every name that anybody could ever give whatever's going on in the earth and made it to bow its knee. And the same thing is happening in every person, every other person that was ministered to and prayed for. And the same thing that's happened to the people listening to me in the chairs and online right now that will use their faith. This power gets exerted over the life of believers. Believing faith is what causes this power to come toward us. Well, that's why I had to, to go at this this way tonight. So that we could get to a place to where we start blowing some things out of the water. The final thing I want to leave with you is this thought. And we've been headed toward it all night, but it's Ephesians 1. And he says in Ephesians 1, verse 17, that the Father of glory would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now in this case, certainly there's a lot to know about Him, but this is couched around Him being the Father of glory. So one of the things He's going to cause us to know is knowledge of His glory. He said in the last days that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. So if you guys could follow me with that on, on, on the screen, I'd appreciate it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I know I'm quoting it, but I need the people to see it, and I need you to see it in your Bible. That the Father of glory would give unto us, grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Let's go back to King James, if you don't mind. In the knowledge of Him. Say, in the knowledge of Him. The knowledge of His glory. That the Father, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power that comes toward us when we believe? It's according to the working. The working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ. Already worked it when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above. Principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that world which is to come. The Greek reads this way, in the world which has come to us. So we're not talking about linear. We're not talking about this world and then when you die in that world. No, we're born again, translated from the authority of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. There's a whole world that has come to us, a whole spiritual arena that's available to us. And in both worlds, at the same time, there's a power that exerts its highest authority in both worlds at the same time. Which means the natural world bows and demons bow. Yeah. 
and they're far beneath my feet. Now, the reason I'm saying this to you is he already worked this in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I said he already worked this in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now, think about this as a close. That the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. He wants us to know the exceeding greatness of his power which comes toward us when we believe it's according to the working of his mighty power when he raised Jesus from the dead. Romans 6, 4 says, Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. The resurrection was a working of the glory of God. Death is about to give up his dead. The very presence and power of Almighty God that raised Jesus from the dead is right now in this church going to work. Glory to God. This is what I want you to see. He worked it. You want to see what the glory will do? Look at the resurrection. You want to see when the glory comes, what things, kind of things are going to happen? Look at the resurrection. The glory of God was the exceeding greatness of his power put to work that raised Jesus from the dead. Yes. So God's power unleashed to its fullest extent is the glory of God in manifestation in our lives. Yes. And to him be glory in the church, yes. age and world without end. Yes. Glory is in the church own the church yes. and in our lives. Yes, sir. Right now. Yes. Right now. Yes. Lord told me to do something tonight and I'm going to turn it over to pastor after that. Uh, three times he's told me while I've been preaching tonight and I don't know that I have to get into detail about this but I remember a few years ago when I was in Michigan I was praying in the Holy Ghost for the meeting and he said it in at least one service, in any, in any set of meetings you do, well, if I'm there one night, I need to do it that night, obviously. If I'm there for more than one night like this, he said, at least at some point in every meeting, he said, I want you to pray for the sick. He said, that's the highest anointing I've put on your life. Three day, He visited me early in the third morning, three days after Brother Oral Roberts laid hands on me, and there's a whole story behind that. But we've been walking in the anointing, gifts of healings, and working in miracles all these years around the world. This is what... The assignment is, it's the very power that raised Jesus from the dead, touching his body and making it alive. There's nothing lacking in your body that he didn't want to meet. There's nothing going on in your body that he didn't want to fix. Tonight is your night. I see this by the Spirit of God. While I've been, while I've been preaching tonight, I've just been waiting. Three times, three or four times, the power of God's come in here and manifested itself tangibly. And the healing miracle anointing has come in tangibly. And he said, I want you to pray for the sick tonight before you close. So what I'm saying to you by the spirit of the living God is this phrase out of John chapter 1 verse 14. The word became flesh and we beheld his glory. I'm going to say it again. The word became flesh and we beheld his glory. We're going to have awesome meetings 
and have already had many awesome meetings where people actually see into the spirit realm. They see angels in the smoke piers and the power of God's there and people are thrown against the wall. We have that all the time. Powerful stuff. But tonight, there's something really, really special about initiating this set of meetings. You'll see by the time we're done with this that there's a reason he's laying a strong foundation. Because yeah. without one, it won't support the weight yeah. of the glory that's coming into these meetings. And he wants people blessed and helped. He wants people healed and touched. And we need to understand that the glory isn't always just seeing the smoke or having some spectacular thing you see. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh. We beheld His glory. Did you hear what I said? So when someone's prayed for and they get a new body part, we just saw the glory of God. The Word just became flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we bless you tonight. We glorify you tonight. We thank you tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, King Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you're here tonight before we close and you're sick in your body, the Spirit of the Lord has instructed me to minister to you by the laying on of hands. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you, if you need a healing in your body, he said, I want you to pray for the sick tonight. And it's not tonight. We've, I've already moved by the gifts of the Spirit. I've seen some things by word of knowledge. called out some things by word of knowledge. But there are, there are healings that are needed in the house that your faith is on, that you're believing to receive. And you don't need to wait on the Spirit of God to call it out and do something spectacular for you to know he wants to heal you. I'm telling you right now, believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. Yeah. It's a primary assignment on our life in ministry. Yeah. And I don't really remember the last time in a three-day meeting he told me to do it on the first night. Yeah. But I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, there's been a few things different about this meeting already. Yeah. And there will be a number of things different. And if you, if you need a healing in your body, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and come up here. I want to minister to you by the Spirit of the living God. You're not going to leave the same in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. It's not just, yeah, yeah, there's that power right there. My, you'll have to watch them. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> glory to God. Oh. Sister, take a deep breath here. And just no more praying in tongues because he isn't here just to heal that thumb. <laughs> Everything else going on in your body bows its knee tonight in the mighty authority of the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Say this out loud with me. I see this by the Spirit of God and uh, your faith is high and strong. And while the, the anointing is here and the instruction to minister to the sick from the head of the church has been given, understand that we're operating under the gifts of healings and the working of miracles. But as we just read in Ephesians 1, to activate that, we have to believe it. But if we'll use our faith, it exerts, resurrection power gets exerted over the believers. So something great's happening to you tonight. Not leaving the same, glory to God.
But I do want you to say what I say to you because I want your faith engaged. So say this right now. The scripture says. Say it out loud with me now. The scripture says. That believers will lay their hands upon the sick. And the sick will recover. I am a believer. The gospel has been preached. Therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the moment, the very instant, hands are laid on me. Resurrection power by the glory of God is going to go in my body. It's going to rocket through me like lightning bolts. Disease will bow the knee. This is the last night I'll ever have to put up with sickness and disease in my body. Tonight is my night. I am bone of his bone. I am flesh of his flesh. He wants a glorious church and I'm part of that glorious church and I'm about to behold his glory. His word is becoming flesh in my body. Right now, tonight, in Jesus' name. So do you hear me? My body belongs to the Lord Jesus. It's washed in the blood. I have authority over the curse and sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. Satan, you get your filthy hands off of God's property. Me, the blood-washed body of Christ. Get your hands off me now. I resist you in Jesus' name. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go ahead. Lay your hands on me. Watch what happens. The moment hands are laid on me, I'll be healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Glory to God. Be healed then in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Be healed in the name. Ha, there it is. Be healed in the name. Ha, be healed in the name. That went right there. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be made whole.